Uh, All right, welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we are joined by senior and captain of the Maine women's hockey team, Morgan Trimper. Uh, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and how's everything going? Yeah, thank you for having me. It's uh, all going well, first semester down and one more to go, so going well so far. How sad is it that it's going to be your last semester, at least uh, as an undergrad with Maine? I know. It doesn't really feel real. I feel like I just got here. Like, four years, like, when they say it goes by fast, it really does. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it, but, yeah, it definitely does. I don't think the pandemic helped, too, because it made things feel like, like, four years ago feels so long ago, but, yet yeah, it doesn't, which is kind of weird to think about it that way. Yeah, that was, like, my sophomore year, too, so it was kind of, like, right in the middle of, like, my career here, so it definitely broke it up a little bit, but, yeah. Well, now, obviously, your team's about to start uh, the second half of your season. You guys have some games against Boston College coming up this week at the time of this recording. So I'm curious, how would you evaluate your team's performance as of now, especially since you guys ended off the first half of the season very well, uh, sweeping Boston University? Yeah, I think we're honestly on a good – coming into the new semester on a high note, I think um, coming off the Clarkson and uh, B, uh, BU sweep was really important for our team. I think it gave us kind of some energy going into the second semester. We all were back a week early. We were doing double sessions leading up to this week. So I think we're all prepared and ready to go and know how much uh, this semester will affect our uh, ranking and standings and chances of being in playoffs and hosting playoffs. So I think we're all dialed in, ready to go. Yeah, and you've never hosted a playoff in your career. So how much would that mean to get the chance to do that? Yeah, I, I've never hosted one. We've been close a couple times, but, you know, like we've had a good year so far, and it's definitely something that's a possibility if we continue to play well and do well. So I think the fact that I know we can do it makes it even more, like, special that I'm like, oh, like we can actually do this and have something that we haven't done before. So I'm definitely excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously that's a huge advantage uh, for your team because it's not an easy road trip heading up to Maine. So obviously you guys will have some fresh legs for that playoff game. Yeah, I know it's definitely an advantage being way up north. We definitely are used to traveling, so it's not as bad for us when we have to go places. But teams hate coming here. They hate playing us here. Now, obviously this year is a little bit different uh, for yourself because one reason is you're the captain. I'm um, mm-hmm. curious how you found out. That, how did you find out you were going to be the captain, and uh, what type of leadership? Have you tried to bring to the team? Are you more of a vocal leader or lead by example type of player? Yeah, so our team kind of did like a team vote and then our coaches voted and uh, just was announced to everyone uh, at the end of the spring semester after spring training. And, you know, going into the summer, we had a lot of changes with our coaching staff and like pretty much everyone in our whole staff, strength coaches, trainers, everyone. So uh, definitely had a lot of responsibility over the summer to keep everyone on the same page so that the new coaching staff coming in could start off on a solid foundation. And I'm definitely a little bit of a combo. I think I'm definitely a more vocal leader. I speak up and not afraid to do so, but I'm also definitely a lead by example kind of person. Uh, I feel like you got to walk the walk if you're able to talk the talk. So definitely do that. Little combo of both, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's good leadership skills to have as a captain. I feel like it's good to have both because I feel like there's definitely advantages uh, for being a lead by example type of player or lead by vocal player, but to have both, I think that definitely um, will, is a much better, I guess, asset to, for your team to have than just have a leader that's only like geared towards one thing. I feel like that's more meant for assistant captains. Yeah, there's definitely a time and place for both. You use them both, but at different different points. 
And that, was it weird going through a coaching transition during the summer? And how did you like handle that challenge, especially being a leader on the team? Yeah, it was definitely later in the summer, I think, than maybe the typical coaching change usually is. Um, but my my goal with all of the changes that were happening was just to keep the team on the same page, you know, to create a good um, like team motto and have our four words that we really um, live by. And, you know, we had team meetings, culture meetings, culture development. I really tried to keep everyone together with that just so that the coaches who were coming in um, had our whole team already on the same page. And whatever they decided to do with it, they can do. I totally respect that and wanted to make it such an easy transition for them coming in because it was also late for a coach to come in to a new team and basically have a week to prepare before games. So I think that was something that I really took pride in over the summer and wanted to make sure um, that our team was able to accomplish. And I think we did a pretty good job of doing that. So, yeah. And what's it like playing under Coach Engstrom? Um, what's is she's does she her does her coaching style uh, differ from other coaches you've had in the past? She's a very detail oriented coach, which I think is such an importance, especially in the game today. I think she really narrows it down to like skating, like back to basics. She really wants us to perfect the basic stuff to be able to perform and be able to you know expand on the more um, dynamic stuff. I think that she came in and she obviously was a top player when she was playing, you know, in the Olympics and in her college career. And I have extreme respect for her as a player. I think as a coach, she you can really see those aspects of her own game that she really took pride and carry over into her coaching. Um, but, yeah, her her detail oriented type coaching style and her she's very effective on the ice. Our practices are run very quickly, very smoothly. We get through a lot of stuff and. You know, she I really respect her as a coach. She's done really well with our girls so far. And I think everyone on the team agrees with that. Now, talk about what it's like playing in Hockey East this year and just the competition that you face every weekend. Yeah, Hockey East. I've been I've been around Hockey East since I was a little kid, like watching games and being at the rink. And this this year specifically, it is the most, like, I have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> any team can be any team. Like, I know Northeastern's been the front runner for a majority of my time here, but I feel like this year I couldn't even tell you who the top five teams will be at the end of the regular season. Like, it changes every single week. Teams beat teams. Like, it just, it's insane how how much I, like, couldn't even predict what could happen. Yeah, and uh, obviously your team's been pulling off some offsets as well this year. Uh, one of those being against Northeastern when you beat them one to nothing, and then obviously you beat Clarkson. I'm um, curious, talk about those upsets and what they mean for the team and uh, what it takes to get those wins and how you try to build off them um, as the regular season progresses. Yeah, you definitely, we have to know our opponents. We have to be able to capitalize on their weaknesses. And I think, you know, our wins against Northeastern and Clarkson were huge. We had a win against UConn. Um, those games are just such momentum builders and you want to run off of those and to know that you can beat some of those top teams in the league or the country are such motivators. And, you know, if you can beat those teams, then you should be able to beat every other team. But, you know, it depends on the day. You can also get beaten by a lesser team any day. So it, it doesn't really matter. You just got to be ready to play every game and be prepared to win every game and go in expecting nothing less than that. Yeah, and that sort of leads me into my next question, but what are your goals and expectations for the rest of the season? Um, and what's your mindset heading into the rest of the season, knowing that you're a senior and this could be your last dance in some way? Yeah, 
Um, I think one of our realistic goals that we're trying to achieve this year is to host a playoff game. Um, the goal that I want is obviously to win Hockey East. I think that out of the four years I've been here with this team and our talent and our standards that we have for each other, I think that's this is the most capable team of doing that. Um, but, yeah, definitely hosting a Hockey East playoff game. I think that's something that if we can really dial in and do well these next couple of weekends, that should be definitely achievable. Um, and then I think from that point forward, just playoffs is a new season. You know, you can win Hockey East and be the last place team in playoffs. So I think from there, just, yeah, focus on playoffs, focus on getting to that championship game, but also taking it game by game because you never know what happens with these with these teams. So, but yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Now let's uh, transition and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today in college. So uh, growing up, it says that you're from Maine, Bangor. That's pretty cool. So talk about growing up in Maine and uh, how'd you start playing hockey? Yeah, so I grew up in, I was originally born in New York and then I moved to Maine when I was five. My dad actually coaches baseball, college baseball, and he coached at University of Maine um, for 12 years. So I, my sister and I would be stuck at work with him. And we would get sent to the rink every day to get away from the baseball field. Um, and so Coach Whitehead, actually, his daughter, Natalie Whitehead, was the same age as Allie and I. And so he would let us, Tim Whitehead would suit us up and just throw us, all three of us on the ice and just say, go, like, skate around, have fun, occupy yourselves for a couple hours. So for a year or two, we would just, we were young, so we would just go out and skate, like, whatever players, I remember Darling and all them, like, they just mess around with us on the ice and just have fun and then we got into boys hockey around here because there's no girls teams so we played um on the boys hockey teams here growing up and then we got the opportunity to go to Taft um and that was kind of the point in our career that we wanted to take it more serious and you know have the potential of going to play college hockey but yeah it's kind of how it's, it's all started with Tim Whitehead <laughs> he's the one who got us into it that's awesome. And obviously, how cool is it being a kid getting the skate at Alphon? Because it's one of the most iconic ranks in college hockey. But that's kind of cool that you just got to do it as a free time, just the pastime. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's like looking back at it, I think also being from Maine and growing up playing here and then playing here in college, I just appreciate it so much more than I ever would have thought, especially when I was younger, because I was a seven-year-old girl just going around skating and had a whole sheet of free ice at Alphon, like, just messing around. So now that I'm actually a player here, I'm like, that was – no one gets to do that. No one has that opportunity. So it was really special. What were some of the players you got to skate with when you were a kid, if you can remember? Because every time I watch an NHL game, there's some random player that's played at Maine, and it's like, oh, I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. So I'm curious if you had the chance to actually skate with them back when they were in college. Yeah, Nyquist, I remember he was around a lot. Um, I'm trying to think back. I was so young, but Darling, Scotty Darling was around. Um, Jimmy Howard was around when I was really young. Um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of the NHL guys were the ones I could remember, but like Tanner House, I remember him coming out a couple times. Um, yeah, we, I just remember when I was really young, we, me, Allie, and Natalie all like got in our little gear, our pink hockey sticks, and we were skating. And I think the guys must have had practice or something, and just had three little bobblehead, like pink dressed up and pink girls skating on the ice with all these guys. But yeah, a couple of them I remember really well. But yeah, the, those were a couple that we skated with a couple times. 
I feel like the guys that I probably watched in the NHL today, you're probably too old for to sp- play practice with them back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Did you have a favorite player growing up? Was it someone on the main hockey team, or was it um, a player in the NHL? Like, who was someone you kind of idolized? Or was it a women's player on the national it team? It was actually a women's player. I loved, like, Hillary Knight. I thought she was the coolest girl ever. I thought she was, like, girl power, like, loved her style of hockey. She just kind of was a badass, and I just loved her. So I always. I think she looked- still is pretty cool, too. Oh, yeah, she still is cool. She still is a badass. But, yeah, she uh, she was definitely someone I looked up to, and, um, really idolized when I was growing up playing. Now, before college hockey, like you mentioned, you played for Taft School, and that's when you said how you sort of got more serious about playing um, after high school. So I'm curious how you got the opportunity to go to Taft, and what's the process like from switching from boys to girls hockey? Yeah, I mean, being from northern Maine, I didn't even really know what prep school was. I, there's, I think we have Hebron and Kent Hill in southern Maine, but um, there was a girl who played boys hockey with us and she was, I think, five or six years older than us. It was Katie McLaughlin. She actually ended up coaching at Colby College for a couple of years after, but she, um, went to Taft and we kind of picked her brain a little bit about it and then started looking around and realized how many prep schools and different options, different types of prep schools there were. Um, so we looked at a ton of them just to see, like, it was almost like the college process, to be honest. And, we found Taft and we just loved it there. Um, Drew Powell, actually, he was from Bangor, Maine. He was a really good uh, golfer and he went there as well. So we kind of followed in his tracks to Taft and there, Coach Silverman, she was on the Nagano Olympic women's team. She was our coach. Um, and she was definitely an influential coach in, in my career. She, um, definitely helped me realize I wanted to take it more serious. And then from there, kind of followed to Maine, but. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the transition like, I guess, from boys to girls hockey? Because obviously I'm curious if you stopped playing when hitting started or if you played a little bit of boys hockey when the hitting began. And if that was sort of a transition, sort of being less physical, um, going to girls hockey and sort of using your skating ability more than your physical ability. Yeah, we I played boys up through, I think, the first year of midgets. So I definitely wasn't hitting. I played on the boys varsity team at my high school. as a freshman and sophomore, and then when I went to Taft, I obviously played girls. But I think my sister and I led the league that we were in in prep school our first year in penalties. So we <laughs> did transition well the first year, but then we kind of got the hang of it. It was definitely – the physicality was definitely different. Obviously, being a really tiny freshman on a boys' team, I was prepared to get hit every second and um, had to definitely be strong on my skates. So – I think translating that to girls hockey, it was definitely harder to get hit. Like I was, I felt more strong and stable on my skates, but definitely learning to lay off a little bit and learning how to hit more through the hands and use my body to be able to get the puck and do something with it as opposed to full on body checking someone. Um, But I think the speed of the game obviously for guys was faster and transitioning to girls. I think that was almost an asset. I had a step on, other girls and was able to move quicker. Um, but then again, the transition from playing girls in prep to playing college hockey, it's felt like going from girls to boys. Like it was just the speed at college is just so much faster. Um, the physicality is more aggressive. Even this year, um, refs will talk and be like, you know, we're going to let you play. Like, unless we really need to call something and, you know, it's getting out of hand, we won't 
we won't call anything that we feel is unsafe or anything like that. So they're definitely definitely letting us play more, even from my freshman year to now. Like, it's changed a lot. Yeah, I like that because I feel like a lot of times uh, – and the reason I actually think hitting should be allowed in women's hockey is because I feel like a ref can determine a lot about how a game is played, whether they're strict on body checking or not. So if yep. a ref's really strict about body checking, then they'll call a lot of penalties, and that'll obviously change how the game is played versus yep. a ref that isn't. And I feel like if you just got rid of the whole checking rule, make it easier to have a ref not really control a game and just let the players play. And I feel like you girls would learn pretty quickly how to like check and take a hit and all that stuff. And I oh, don't yeah. think it would affect the game that much, but I know some people are very much against it. So I know that's sort of a controversial opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming from boys and playing girls, I think I see both sides, but I think it would make the game a lot, like, easier to play almost. I feel like when I played boys, you know, you go into the boards and you were expecting it, you knew how to get hit. I think girls, if they do allow it, um, would need to learn, like, how to go into the boards. But I almost think it's more dangerous when you start playing and you start being able to be more aggressive and being able to hit and being able to body check and you don't know how to get hit. I think that's when it gets dangerous, um, but I think if mm-hmm. it's allowed, it's something that would be an asset to the game. What's the biggest uh, body check that you've ever had in your career, if you can remember? I remember I was playing actually boys hockey. It was in high school, and I think it was my freshman year, so I was like maybe a 100-pound freshman. Like I was tiny my freshman year, and I remember I just looked up, and I saw this kid skating straight at me, and I was like, Oh shit. I just like braced myself and I was, you know, like a couple feet off the boards and I just remember getting hit and just like straight into the boards. Like it was, I should have been either on the boards or way off of the boards and I was right in the middle. Um, so that was probably the worst hit that I've had. Yeah. But my sister and I, when we played boys, were very like protective of each other. The guys who were on our team were very protective and if anyone hit us that hard, they would, they were right behind us ready to hit them. So yeah. Well, one of the games I grew a lot of respect for you was there was a game against Providence this year where you got checked pretty hard. I don't know if you remember it. And you got up and you started playing. And I, I was like, I like number three. She was like one of my favorite players. So that's, that's, so I remember that. I don't know if you remember that game at all. Uh, yeah, no, I just, my parents were, especially when we played boys, but even still, like the rule was unless you're knocked out or broke a bone, get back up so that we know you're okay. And get the puck. So yeah, every time I get knocked down, unless I'm unless I'm hurting, I'm back up. No, I have I have a lot of respect because I yeah. feel like I watch soccer sometimes, and like these guys like go down and like they're they, you think they're dying, but then they get back up. And yeah. I feel like flopping's starting to become a little more too much in hockey. So whenever I see some player just can take a hit and step back up, my yeah. respect levels go through the roof roof for that player. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now getting back to your career at Taft, I'm just. Curious, what was your experience like there, and what's the best memory you have um, when you think back to your prep school days? Yeah, Taft, I had a great experience there. I thought it was very different from the public school that I had gone to before. Um, the academics were a lot harder, but I think that made me really focused and, you know, hone in on the things I really needed to, um, you know, become better at to be able to be a better athlete. And my hockey career there was, I think, something really special. I think being under Coach Silverman and learning from an Olympian was something that not a lot of girls get to do. Um, one of my best memories from Taft, I feel like Taft was such a diverse school. I think that was the best thing that I 
like took away from the school was our team here is very diverse. We have girls from Europe, we have Canada, we have, you know, everywhere around like the world. And I think at Taft, we had such a diverse community there. Um, I met people from, you know, China, Korea, different countries in Europe, like, like all over the map. And I think that was just something that not a lot of people honestly get to interact with every day. So I, I really appreciated that and have that as a good memory of mine. Now, I do want to ask you this question, but you've got to play with your twin sister, Allie, in prep school and college. Um, what's it been like to share your hockey experience with uh, your twin sister, and what's she like as a teammate? Yeah, she she's very similar to me, um, but it's definitely been a special experience. We have another set of twins on our team as well, the Welkies from Germany, and uh, we always ask them, like, oh, like, do you guys have, like, a telepathy like us? Like, sometimes, like, <laughs> play with each other for so long. You know, we've been on the same line for 10 years, 12 years, and I feel like you just kind of get to a second sense of where each other is on the ice. So it's definitely special to be able to play with them. And I honestly can't imagine a hockey career season without her. It's, like, weird to think about because um, we've just been doing the same thing for our whole life, <laughs> pretty much, whole career. Now, are you the older sim twin or the younger twin? I'm younger by two minutes. Oh, does she I'm, use that against you? I feel like oh, yeah. that must happen. Everything for everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, I now I know she's not on the podcast right now, but I have to ask: Is there any funny stories with your twin sister, whether it's in college, that you would like to share? I feel like there's got to be a few, or growing up. Funny stories with my twin. Hmm. Well, when we played boys, our we used to do a, like a yearly prank on our team and. Allie and I decided to clear do the clear tape on the bottom of the skates to one of our uh, teammates. And I feel like every it was once a year we would choose like our culprit for the year. And so that was kind of something we did together. That was really funny. Um, but in college, I don't know, just everything. I feel like every day there's like little things that we do that are just special and funny. And I don't know. I can't even think of any right now. I have to think. That's pretty cool, though, because usually it's pretty rare for uh, siblings to play on the same college team together yeah. just because of the way things work with recruiting and stuff. So that's kind of cool that you get to do that. Yeah, no, it's definitely special and something we don't take for granted because it will be over at some point in our career. And, you know, it's something we'll always be able to look back on and appreciate. And now speaking of the recruiting process, talk about what it was like for yourself. Um Obviously, I have an idea of why you chose Maine, but how did they approach you and what made you choose Maine versus other schools uh, you might have looked at? Yeah, so I, Ricky and Sarah were the coaches that recruited me and my sister, and we I grew up going to the Maine hockey camps. You know, we went through all of the coaching staffs that Maine has had for the last 12 years, and um, Ricky and Sarah were the coaches that had originally recruited us uh, before we went to Taft. They were kind of, oh, are you guys serious about hockey in general? Like, what are you guys planning on doing? And they were the ones who suggested maybe looking into prep school. Um, so we stayed in contact kind of just through prep school and summer camps and would see them each year. And then it was my junior year of high school that Allie and I were ready to look into schools and, you know, finally decided on Maine and wanted to go back to kind of our roots and committed. I think it was my winter of my um junior year of high school so yeah that was kind of how it happened 
And you talk about how you it was a big adjustment uh, going from prep to college. What was like the biggest adjustment that you had to make and how did you do it? Was it the speed of the game, physicality? Because it is a more physical game in college than prep. But, or was it just the decision making since it's so fast you have to make quicker decisions with the puck? Yeah, it was definitely um, decision making. It was definitely speed of the game. Everything that you were good at in high school, you had to be 10 times faster to be good at in college. Um, so I think just overall speed of the game, um, I've focused on and still am focusing on my shooting. You know, you have to be able to beat goalies and be deceptive. And that's something that I've been working on my entire career, even here. And I'm still trying to get better at, but yeah, I would just say overall speed, everything just needs to be quicker, faster. You need to be stronger. Um, girls are way stronger in college than in high school. So definitely like strength training outside of the ice and outside of the rink. But, yeah. Luckily, you have some really good goalies in Maine that it's pretty easy to practice your shot because if you can score on them, then you can score on a lot of goalies in the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the last couple of years. I mean, we have Jordan. We have um, Lauren last year was our goalie. We've had some good goalies come through. So, yeah, definitely get good practice every day. Now, during your freshman year, you won your first playoff series beating Boston University on the road. Um, talk about that series and how it's helped you for your next three years uh, with Maine. Yeah, every single year since that year, I've stepped into the BU rank. I'm like, oh, my God, I remember freshman year and double overtime we beat BU. I, it was just such a special game, and I think literally every time we go there, I'm just always been thinking about that game. Um, but yeah, going into like this year, I, every year we play well against BU. We just swept them. And, you know, I don't know if it's because our mentality from freshman year, I think my class and the class above me, we just, we always think back to that game. We're skating around during warmups and like, do you remember how crazy that was? Like, it was insane. Yeah, no, I don't remember watching that game, but I do remember seeing it on a Pat Shea uh, video blog, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen that video of him, like, watching it. Uh, yeah. So that's sort of that's sort of my memory, and just the guy, like, in the stands jumping, like, oh I, that, was, that was awesome. It was the, like, in, most insane, like, my stomach literally hurt from, like, just screaming, cheering, like, <laughs> like, everything. It was just, like, it was, felt like the longest but quickest day slash game ever. Like, it was insane. Now, your team seems to be always in a good good playoff team because you guys have pulled off a lot more upsets since that BU series. Uh, you beat Vermont um, during the COVID year, and then yep. just last year you beat BC on the road, which not a lot of people expected that. So I'm curious, how does your team prepare for those playoff games, especially being a road underdog like you guys are? Yeah, I think, you know, part of our kind of dynamic at Maine, like we're, we're gritty university we're a gritty team we're a gritty program like we have to travel far for all of our games and so road trips don't really phase us anymore like you tell us we got to play to Vermont like six hours sure we'll hop on a bus and be ready to go but I think for us personally as a team like when playoffs hit like it's a new new season like it doesn't matter if you finished in first place or if you finished in last place like regular season's over and this is your chance and you got to run with it so we just try to go into the games and um, have a clear mind and just, you know, it's every minute counts, every second counts, every period. So just take it one at a time and kind of build your way up the ladder. Yeah, no, I think in hockey, especially regular season, you you play well to set yourself up to be yeah. successful in the playoffs because that's when it all counts. And especially this year, like you said, it's there's so much parity that I wouldn't be surprised if, like, one of those bottom seeds ends up beating like a second or third seed um, in the playoffs this year. I just, but especially with the single elimi- single elimination, I feel like that's more likely to happen. Yeah, 
Oh, definitely. I would I would say so as, as well. Now, individually, you've improved a lot since your freshman year, especially last year. You had your career total, most po- points in your career in a single season. Um, talk about what you think your biggest improvement has been since your freshman year and how you've gone about it in the off season. Yeah, I think my freshman year, obviously, I was younger and had a lot of development to be able to get to the point that I am now. But my speed definitely increased. I worked really hard over the summer to make sure I was able to improve my agility, my speed on the ice, be able to get around players. Um, I am definitely a smaller player, so being able to use my size and speed to my advantage was something I needed to learn to do. Um, I think also just, you know, getting my head up and making plays, I definitely am more of an assister. I definitely like to set people up and, you know, make the pass, make the play. Um, so I definitely have made that a priority in, in being dynamic with my, um, you know, my play, what I can do. So those have been things that have taken a lot of attention and time to do, um, you know, in season and out of season, extra sessions during the year um, to get to get better at. And uh, what's the process like, I guess, going through decision making? Because I think it's good to be a pass first player, but at the same time, if the shot's there and you can score, you sort of have to take it. So what, how do you like make your mindset to not just be like pass if there's an opportunity for you to score? Yeah, I think, you know, since freshman year, that's something I've always had to work on. I think getting your head up, honestly, is one of the most important things that, you know, you tend to forget when you're thinking about all the other little detailed things that you need to do. But, you know, being able to do things with your head up allows you to be able to see the space that you have in front of you, be able to see the pass, be able to take advantage of the ice. I think also, you know, being selfish at times was a hard thing for me, especially my freshman year. But, you know, it's okay to take that shot. It's okay to score a goal. Like, it's okay to celebrate and do that um, when it's when it's there. Um, so I think, you know, almost learning to play a little more selfish was something that really my sophomore year I really took a lot of time to learn to do and I think that definitely was a changing point in my style. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. So first one is, obviously, when we're recording this, the Winter Classic is going on. So where would you like to see an outdoor game being played? Ooh, Florida. (laughs) That would be cool. I don't know how they'll they'll get that that working. But I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. I think I was thinking about this. um, Camden Yards... Uh, it's where the Orioles play. I think that's a really nice ballpark. And then have, yeah. like, the Capitals versus someone else. Um, obviously, that's not going to happen because they just announced that next year's Winter Classic will be in Seattle. But I just think it would be cool t- for Ovechkin to get break the goal-scoring record outside in a Winter Classic at, like, a very iconic ballpark. So that's sort of yeah. what I would have done. But I think yeah. Seattle's pretty cool, somewhere yeah. different. Yeah, Seattle would be neat. Now, what is your most embarrassing moment that you can think of? Ooh. Well, actually, I just had it <laughs> a couple of I think it was last week. We had double sessions on the ice and I haven't done this in like since I was a kid. But I was so like focused walking out to the ice. I think I was in a conversation with someone and I ran out onto the ice and I still have my skate guards on oh. and completely wiped out. And like I haven't like that's like the worst thing to do as a hockey player. And I did it and I haven't done that in a really long time. <laughs> My most embarrassing hockey moment would probably be, like, we were doing backwards skating drills, and mm-hmm. someone forgot to close the bench door, and I fell inside the oh. bench, which was pretty tough. But it's either that or, like, non-hockey-wise, I accidentally went to the wrong graduation party. So it's pretty awkward going into, like, a backyard, seeing no one I recognize. So it's one of those two moments for me. Oh, 
Actually, yeah, non-hockey I also did this year. I had my car parked outside, and someone had the exact same car parked next to my car, and I was, like, on the phone distracted, and they left it unlocked, and I got in the car, and I turned it on, and I started to drive, and I realized it wasn't actually my car. <laughs> and so I had to How drive does the, the keys work for the same model? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, it was same. Like it was like not like a automatic start. It was like a normal key, and it it worked. So I thought it was my car, and I drove off and realized it wasn't. Well, luckily, luckily, um, that, luckily they luckily they didn't like uh, get too mad about that. I hope. Yeah, no, they didn't. I mean, yeah, they left it unlocked, so I was kind of like, probably should lock your car. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, who has the best style on the main women's hockey team besides yourself? Ooh, um, Cora Weber. She's a freshman. She definitely has really good style. Uh, my sister, she has good style. Um, I'd probably say those two. They're probably the best. Nice. Who's the funniest on the team? The funniest would probably be Anna LaRose. She's our goalie. Um She's just she's always making everyone laugh. She's like the the team clown. She's always doing something that makes all of us like just die laughing. So I'd say her, yeah. Uh which teammate is the worst at responding to their phone? Ooh, worst at responding. Mm. Well, <laughs> probably from this summer, the internationals cuz they are in a different time zone. <laughs> so I'd be texting them and it'd be like in like 3 in the morning there and I'd be like, "Why aren't they answering me?" because it's six hours behind us. But, yeah, probably in general, like, now that we're all in America, um, I don't know, probably Anna Como. She's our Italian. <laughs> probably her. <laughs> what music uh, do you like to listen to before a game? Ooh, before a game. Our favorite team song that we listen to is Pump It Up. It's also when we score a goal, what they play on the loudspeaker. Um yeah, probably that one. We all get really pumped up for that. Uh, what is the most interesting thing you've read or seen this week? Um, actually, being home in Florida, it got so cold. And I didn't know that when it gets below a certain temperature, iguanas fall from the trees. So that was probably the most interesting that I've read or saw in the news. was They were warning everyone to watch out for falling iguanas. Wow. Because it was which <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you see any fall? No, I kind of wish I did because I feel like I that's just something I've never seen before, but I didn't have any fall near me. I just think that would be like crazy if you're like you don't even know about it, you're just walking home from like a bad day yeah. and an iguana falls on your head. They're they're also like huge. Like they're big they actually are pretty big. So I was like if that thing fell next to me I'd probably be a little more scared than like surprised. But yeah, yeah they're pretty big. That's pretty interesting, actually. I never knew yeah. that myself. Didn't know that. Yeah. I guess this is so boring is probably like watching the ice get made at Fenway Park. I don't know why. I just think it's cool how they how they do it. So yeah. that was that's probably the most interesting thing I've seen. But I'm pretty sure everyone's seen that by now. Yeah, that would be cool though. And then last non hockey question is: If you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Ooh. I could have lunch with anyone. Mm, probably. Ooh, gosh, I don't know. Probably some sort of pro athlete or sports like legend. Yeah. I don't know. 
fun, but I feel like I would have so much to talk about with them, and I'd want to pick their brain about everything. Want to say Wayne Gretzky? Yeah, maybe Wayne Gretzky. I don't know. Even like, I feel like like Michael Jordan. Like, I feel like just their mindsets are so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like they would be really a cool person to have lunch with. Yeah, I think that would be cool to have lunch with Tom Brady, but at the same time, he's sort of a weird guy, so I don't know what we would be <laughs> having. So I don't know if like if I would want to have lunch, more just like a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now. First one is for all the younger listeners that are listening to this podcast. What advice would you give them about how to get to where you are today as a Division One hockey player? Hmm. How to get to where I am today? I think the biggest thing since when I was little till now was you like putting in hard work is one of the biggest things that can pay off in the future. Like if you build a good work ethic and you have a mindset, um, a determined mindset, growth mindset from a young age, you can develop yourself so much better than someone who might not have a strong mindset. I think that's something that I always go back to, especially even now when I'm trying to like perfect things or get better in hockey, outside of hockey. I think it's something that you can use in every aspect of your life. But I think definitely having a hardworking, gritty growth mindset is essential, (laughs) pretty much. Now, what should be done to help grow women's hockey in your opinion? I think that to help grow the sport, I think just more people need to know about it. I feel like a lot of times, like even at our college, like people are like, Oh, like you're on the women's team. We have a women's team. And I'm like, yeah, like we have a D one women's team. We're actually pretty good. So I was like, I just feel like in general, this sport needs to be talked about more. It needs to be advertised more. It needs to be broadcasted more. I think it just needs to be out there for everyone to see more. Um, so I, I, yeah, I feel like it just needs to be talked about more. Now, do you have any shout outs you want to give, uh, to any of your teammates, former teammates, friends, family members, anyone that might not play hockey, or if there's anything you want to talk about, uh, the floor is all yours. I feel like the two people would be my parents, my mom and my dad. Um, I just think back to when I was first starting to play and how much they sacrificed to be able to have allow for both my sister and I to play. Um, with no girls teams being in Maine, we would have to drive down to like Boston every weekend, which that's a four hour drive from here. So they definitely had to sacrifice weekends and holidays and Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, all those, those special days to be able to allow us to play and get to this point. So I think if it wasn't for them, I absolutely would not be playing, um, especially D1. So I really uh, appreciate all that they've sacrificed to give my sister and I the opportunity to play. Well, thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you so much, uh, Morgan, uh, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Um, It means a lot to myself, and I wish you and your teammates uh, nothing but the best uh, for the rest of the season. I know you guys are going to do great, and, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. I I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. One step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you, yeah Got me, baby Got me hooked on you once again